Ladies and gentlemen from around the planet Earth, thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking a little time out of your day to tune in and listen to my little show here. This is episode 19 of an older gay guy show. And some of you may be going, wait a minute. Let me think. If I count on both my hands and both my feet, I'm pretty sure that this isn't episode 19 because I'm pretty sure that episode 19 was on last week. And you know what? <laughs> You'd be right. Maybe some of you who are subscribers to the podcast might have already downloaded my last episode and if you did, I hope you listened to it because otherwise it's gone because, I don't know, I just came to my senses, I guess. You know, I listen to these, after I post them, I listen to them over and over again for, you know, different things I would like to improve, sound quality, mouth noises, changes in the loudness of the voice. But after listening to last week's podcast a few times, I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe I just pushed that envelope just a wee bit too much. And my subscriber numbers are kind of maybe backing me up with that because subscribers have dropped. Now, maybe it's not because of last week's episode, but last week's episode was such a, a difference from the normal ex episodes I try to do on here because I'm trying to create a place where you can go if you are an older gay person and you can listen to things that have to do with your life and your memories. Things that when you were growing up meant something to you and now they're mentioned again and it flashes you back to childhood. Or the same kinds of dealings we had to do with coming out and the AIDS crisis and all of the things that we all lived through. And maybe you tune in for that. <laughs> What you might not tune in for is porn. And I have to admit, come on, last week's episode was porn. <laughs> That's, there's no other way to describe it. Now, I know some of you really appreciated it. I got some emails saying, wow, this is really cool. This is really interesting. It's a, it's a different sort of episode. But just because the numbers were dropping, and as I was looking at all of the different kinds of episodes I've done through this podcast, what I didn't want, and what I've said over and over again is, I didn't want this to be a sex podcast. Certainly we would talk about sexual subjects, potentially sexual problems or sexual health, telling you some of my experiences in my life that have a little sexual component to it. That's all cool, and everybody's been really nice about those and commented very positively about those, and my numbers were going up and up and up. But then I put out this really different episode, and I know some of you liked the story, and I appreciate that you liked the story. That particular episode took me quite a while to do because I had to get the forest sounds in the background and different, different sound effects going and slightly different voices so that it's, you could kind of tell they were characters. But I don't know. Some of it came out good. Some of it came out bad. But it was way over the top sexually. So I decided to pull that episode and just pretend it didn't happen. 
and we're going to go ahead and do a new episode 19. Isn't that cool? So we're going to just close our eyes tightly and click the heels of our shoes together three times, or, well, in my case, my flip-flops three times, and magically, there's a new episode 19. Before we get into today's subject, and I'm really, I know I always say I'm excited about subjects, but this one I really am excited because I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to tell you about a challenge in my life that I never thought I was going to do. And I just decided in the last few days that yes, I'm doing this and I've already moved forward on some of the planning and I can't wait to tell you about that. But just before that, I do want to thank you so much to those people who were kind enough once again, to rate me five stars on iTunes, I really appreciate it. You folks rock. A shout out to Vivi Appa and Black Enigma for your very sweet comments on my iTunes page. And folks, if you're not a subscriber to the podcast, perhaps at the conclusion of today's episode, you might give that a thought to subscribe and I always appreciate iTunes listeners to rate me five stars, please, five stars, and throw in a comment if you'd like. That's always nice. It moves me up the charts in iTunes, and therefore more people can find me and more people can listen to us all together. Meanwhile, I cannot wait a single moment more before I start telling you about the plans that I have. So let me just dive right in and say... My name is Joey Hernandez, and this is Expanding Horizons, the new 19th episode of Enrique Show. One more thing. I must mention before I forget, because I forget every single week, I forget. I love to hear from folks. If you'd like to contact me, the way to do it is through the email of the show, and it's so simple, it's the name of the show, an older gay guy show at gmail.com. Love to hear from everybody, any kind of positive or negative or in-between comments, or just to say hi. I try to get back to everyone, so please, please do send an email, show at gmail.com. Now, I was so in love with gay nightclub life that if you were able to go back 20 years ago when I was 38 and come up to me in a club and go, hey, Joey, don't mean to freak you out, but just so you know, 20 years from now, you're not really going to love going out clubbing anymore. And I would look at you and I would go, you are out of your mind. And also, how did you come back in time? But I would say you're out of your mind. There's no way I would give up gay nightlife. You know, I look at these people, my friends that maybe are a little bit older than me or who are in relationships, because at the time I wasn't in a relationship, and, you know, I look at these people that just, they become so old so quickly, you know, they, they just give up on going out and going to clubs and staying young and having fun and being active. Well, I wasn't the brightest bulb on the tree back then. And I guess I just didn't realize that there was activity and there was energy and there was 
many, many, many things in the world that can make you active and keep you young. But at the time, I wasn't able to see that. And oddly enough, the friends that I have now in my life who tend to be in their 50s and 60s or so, sometimes when I talk about the things that I do, whether it's just to go and climb a mountain on a given day up in New Hampshire or uh, making a road trip somewhere just for the day, hey, let's drive to New York City just for the day, and then we'll drive back. I have to say that there's some of my friends, some of who are a bit younger than me, some of, of who are a bit older than me, that might say, oh, yeah, I'd do that when I was younger, but I don't know, that's just too much effort now. You know, I've got my routine. I go to bed at 10 o'clock. I get up early. I do exercise in the morning, and then I head to work, and I have a whole day, and they go on about their schedule. But inevitably, the points they're trying to make is, I go to bed at 10 o'clock p.m., and then they explain their next day. For so many reasons, I've always been a night person. I've never understood the concept of going to bed at 10 o'clock p.m. or even 11 o'clock p.m. You know, I, I understand. People are tired. They have to work a full day the next day. I understand the concept of doing that. But my body and my mind have a really hard time. Mature side of my personality, which... I will readily admit is not the dominant part of my personality. <laughs> you know, I have to call upon it out in the field. You, wherever you are, please. And, you know, maybe that's why I tend to live kind of this bohemian lifestyle where I go to bed at all these different times. And I'm short sleep sometimes, absolutely. But there's just so much going on in my head at night and... That's when I do a lot of writing. That's sometimes when I do recording of podcasts. There's a million reasons why I stay up late. It's been my history all my life. But what going to bed at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock is not, is it's not old. It doesn't make you old to do that. It makes you responsible. It makes you mature. That's what people do when they work full days normally. They need their sleep. That's what they do. I understand that. So it makes sense that there are going to be the majority of people I know, unless they're retired, that will be going to bed at a reasonable hour during a weeknight and therefore just beforehand might be the only time that they can see their boyfriend or their husband. They have to make dinner. Sometimes they go and work out. They have a full life and that's tiring. And sometimes you just got to come home and you got to get on your routine and you got to go to bed at a reasonable hour and then get up at a reasonable hour in the morning. So I can't fault anyone for not going out on a weeknight to stay out late all these different hours or even on a Friday night when for most people, especially when I, when we were younger, that's the start of the weekend. It's Friday night. Work is over. Woohoo! let's go out, let's party, let's get drunk, let's meet some men. But yet, of course, I can understand the people that are professionals that work and they work hard having to say, I'm a little tired. It's, I've worked all week. I'm tired tonight. I'm going to go to bed. Maybe we can do something on Saturday night. And I'd always be like, oh, you're so old. Get up and do something. Come on. But 
I've matured and I understand the importance of having that kind of routine in your life where you go to bed and you do get enough rest and you do get up early and greet the day, even if it's on the weekends. But somewhere in the blueprint of life, there exists an area that kind of overlaps for when you get into your routine, when you live your life the way that you have chosen to live it, and you become very comfortable, sometimes even a little complacent in how you live your life. You've got your routine, you stick by it, and that's just the way life is. And it overlaps somehow into the people that also eventually say, oh, I don't really want to do that because I'm too old. I'm too tired. I am just worn out. I, I just don't even have the energy to do that. And so they continue in their routine and living life like that year after year after year. And I will tell you, as someone that is OCD, like diagnosed OCD, and the way that I plan things, I plan things very specifically at specific times. I'm very organized that way with my time. When you do live your life in a repetitive schedule all the time, over time, you will be surprised that time passes extremely quickly. You know, we all say as we get older, you know, time flies. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm 58 years old. When, you know, the week after last, I went to bed. I was 35. Everything was good. And I woke up and I'm 58. What the hell? Time flies. And when you repeat the same kind of schedule day after day after day, you ever get to the point where you might be saying like, what day is it? You know, is it Tuesday or is it Wednesday or is it Thursday? You're not sure because every day is so like the other day unless there's something specific to indicate, all right, Tuesday morning I have to go and I have to put out the trash for the trash guy. I got to get it out there by 7 a.m. That kind of solidifies in your mind, oh, yeah, right, it's Tuesday. Those little things you have to begin to grasp because life is so repetitious. And I wonder, does that make us older than we need to be? Our parents, I've talked about this before, when you look at your parents, when you think back to your parents when you were younger and they were whatever age you are now, because that's very common. If you're in your 50s, you lived as a kid with a memory when your parents were in their 50s, most likely. So when you, when you look back and think of them, didn't they seem older than you are at that same age? And don't we have the danger maybe in falling into that same comfortable groove? And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have this plan, this routine, this schedule, because I love that kind of thing. But what I do think is sad is if we age ourselves too quickly and we miss out on the things that we can do in life still 
at whatever age we may be. Now, I have a hard time being told not to do something because of my age. I told a story a few podcasts ago about me contacting a place about doing some gymnastics. I always wanted to learn to do a backflip. And this was a few years ago. I was over 50 and I was basically told, uh, you're a little too old to be able to do that kind of thing. You really kind of have to grow up doing it. It'd be dangerous. Your bones might be a little more brittle. You're not going to be as flexible as a younger person would be. You may not even be as disciplined as a young person would be about going through the training that one must do in order to be able to do that kind of thing. And I hate being told, no, you can't do something because of your age. And that's now extending to, you know what? I better do something because of my age. Because if I'm 58 and I'm looking back saying, you know what? I did mixed martial art training when I was in my late 20s. It was when they first started having that. And I used to do some training and grappling. And I used to go to uh, some contests. And as these gymnastic schools explained to me on the phone why it would not be wise for me to try to do this now that I was in my early uh, 50s, I almost said 60s, <gasps> 50s, all that was running through my mind was, oh, I used to do this kind of thing when I was in my late 20s. Gee, I really wish I had stayed with that because I'd have the flexibility and I probably would have even learned along the way how to do the backflip that I wanted to do. Gee, I wish I had done that when I was younger, when I was able to do that. And what runs through my mind now is the thought of when I am 78, which again, I'm going to go to bed one of these nights, 58 years old, and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be 78 years old. That's the way life works. And when I'm 78, I don't want to look back and go, you know what? I wish I had done something when I was 58. What was I boohooing and crying that I was too old to do something? That was ridiculous. Maybe now that I'm 78, I'm too old. And then who knows, maybe 20 years from that, from 78 when I'm 98, and I think back to when I was 78, I might go, I'm sorry, who am I? <laughs> no kidding. I would not say that. I probably would. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're 98, bless you. I'm sure you have a great memory. I would not. I don't have a great memory of 58 and 98. All right, enough of that. Anyway, so I don't want to look back and say, you know, when I was 58, I should have done something. I should have taken a chance. So last week I was sitting in the sauna. And when you're sitting in the sauna and you're alone, you can't really bring your phone in there for any music. There's no music playing. Actually, there's not even a light in there. It's dark in one area and light in the other. And I'm often sitting in there in the afternoon all by myself for 45 minutes to an hour, taking healthy breaks for water and showering before you all get all, you shouldn't do that. I do 45 minutes to an hour several times a week. And I sit there and I have all this time to think and think and think. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm coming up on the point where it's only going to be a year and a half until I'm 60. So I've really kind of got to get with the mindset 
that I'm going to be 60 and, and be ready for it so I don't panic, you know. When I was turning 50, I started about six months ahead of time when I was 49 telling people I was 50 so that when 50 arrived, it wasn't such a shock point. <laughs> so I'm, I'm planning kind of on doing the same thing, that I'm almost 60 now. And I was thinking, is this it? Like, I'm going to work out and I'm going to train and I'm going to be in the best shape I can be for my age. But what am I going to do with that? You know, it's great to do that. It's great to live longer and look better and to feel better. There's a million reasons why one should work out and train and diet properly. And if you're not sure what that those things could be, let me point out... Let me give a little plug here to the other show. I do another podcast called Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast, and I talk all about all of these issues about health and diet and training and how to do all of that. So do check out Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast, please. But I was sitting there sweating my balls off in this sauna, and I was remembering when I was back in Palm Springs about 25 years ago, it pr probably wasn't quite 25 years ago, but there was a book that came out by Shirley MacLaine. And a lot of people have varying thoughts about Shirley MacLaine. I think most people think she's a decent actress. She used to be a great dancer when she was younger. And most people know about that new agey thing that she does where she believes in reincarnation and, and astral projection and alien visitors to the earth, all of that, lots of things. But her earlier writing was about her travels around the world and about how she was approached being a, a very strong single female who was traveling the world and seeing different cultures. And this was going back now 30, 35 years ago when, when these books were out. And then she went into the New Agey stuff, and, and she lost a lot of credibility, unfortunately. But she wrote a book that was called The Camino. And it was a record of her over a 30-day period, or probably slightly longer than 30 days, where she went on a trek on a very famous section of Europe that is known as El Camino de Santiago de Compostela. And my apologies to my Spanish listeners for what I just mangled in my mouth. But it's a famous trek that has been done for, I believe, thousands of years, but where you trek from various points in France or Portugal or Spain, and you trek to the city of Santiago de Compostela in Spain, which is northwest Spain. And the distance you go is totally up to you. You can pick up the route at any point. There are all these different branches of it that all come together just uh, a day or two outside of Santiago de Compostela. And then all of the various routes blend and all of the pilgrims, and, and there's a number of them at any given time always traveling these routes as a um, personal or religious trek that they're doing. 
So I had first come to know of the uh, Camino de Santiago de Compostela from reading Shirley MacLaine's book all those years ago, and I've never forgotten it. It stayed in my head a lot about something that I was amazed that a woman who was mid-60s at the time could trek and do herself. You know, she met some pilgrims along the way. She kept journals and she took photos here and there of, of her excursion. But she really was without any other people that she knew. And much like many walks or um, long trips that you make that are quite common for people to do, you're going to run in into people. You're going to make friends along the way. You're going to travel certain distances with groups and then break off and go by yourself and then get together with another group and, and whatever. And the book was fascinating. As a matter of fact, I've reordered it from Amazon, another copy of it, because I want to reread it in detail again. I haven't read it since my initial reading of it all those years ago. And it kind of stayed in my head, oh, gee, you know, wouldn't it be great to be that old and be able to do that kind of trek? And, you know, I hadn't forgotten about it, but I kind of put it in the back of my mind. And then when I got Netflix a few years ago, there's a movie that was done with Martin Sheen, and it's called The Way, and it was a fictionalized story of a man whose son died just at the start of the, the Camino. And as a tribute to his son, Martin Sheen, the father, decides that he's going to walk the entire length of it himself, carrying his son's ashes. And Martin Sheen is a very unspiritual man when he starts this out, and he didn't even have that good of a relationship with his son, but he just feels like his son would want to be able to have traveled this length of road, and it's the it's the entire trek in the movie. He's doing it for 30 to 40 days, and it, it's a sweet story, and it's, it's something that it was filmed right on the Camino, so you really get to see the actual sites and towns that the character passes through. And again, it came to the forefront of my mind, like, oh, wouldn't that be great? Because, you know, everybody talks about backpacking through Europe, right? You know, when they were younger, in their 20s, <laughs> no one much talks about doing it when you're 60. And so I had been thinking, you know, I was sitting in the sauna and I was thinking, why the fuck can't I get off my ass and start training and be able to do this kind of walk myself. And then I thought about my husband and I'm like, well, he likes to hike for a day or two here and there. <laughs> We've talked about going up some of the mountains here in New England for the day this summer. And, uh, but this, this is so big, you know, it's the, the, the part of it that I would want to do is from Lugo, Spain into Santiago de Compostela. It's 75 miles. It's just over 101 kilometers. And it takes six days to do that portion of the Camino. And I decided I really wanted to do this because it's traveling two of the routes. One of them is called the Old Way, which is one of the less traveled parts. And it's not as marked it, 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 I, I shouldn't say that. They're, they're all clearly marked, 
but a lot of the traveling is through dirt roads, through towns, and along streets and roads that are, are fairly busy. This particular part of the route is a little bit more going through farmlands and pastures and paths through woods, and it just seems like it'd be a much more interesting way to travel. And then after two or three days, you intersect another larger part of the road, and then you take that for a couple of days, and then again, you all meet in this one particular area outside of Santiago de Compostela, and then you walk together in, in large groups the last two days of the traveling. And so I really wanted to do this, but I thought, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a little insane for me to think I could, you know, start training and, and do this. But at the same time, no, it's, it's, why can't I, when I turn 60, just as I turn 60, why can I not do this kind of adventure? And I wasn't sure how my husband was going to think about it, but I was determined that if my husband didn't want to go, I was going to go on my own. So... <laughs> I had thought about it for several weeks and decided upon it, and I just wasn't finding the right time to bring it up to Paco. Like, yoo-hoo, sweetheart, <laughs> you feel like walking 75 miles? But when I finally did, we were sitting around and we were smoking some weed, and um, I said, hey, what would you think about doing this? And he's like, oh my God, yes, that would be incredible. And I'm like, really? You, you really want to do this? And he's like, absolutely, you know? And I'm like, awesome. Okay, we're going to start the real planning of this. So the best time to be doing this weather-wise happens to be in June. That's the least rain, but it's not too warm. And, you know, you get sunshine most of the days, but it gets up maybe into the 70s or so. And then uh, May or July on either side, July's too hot and May's too rainy. So my birthday's in May, and I thought, well, sure, I'll turn 60, and then a couple weeks after that, off to, <laughs> to travel the Camino. Now, this trip is going to be a bit of a difficulty for me, not just by the fact that I'm going to be 60 and I'm going to be walking all of these miles each day, but also because I have severe neuropathy in my feet and up through my legs up to about my knee area. And that causes a numbness and sometimes a little bit of a balance problem. So one of the things I will do is I'll definitely have one of those walking sticks that you see hikers have, you know, when they're walking uneven and uncharted terrain. And uh, I'm going to pace myself as best I can we're, tr we're supposed to be walking somewhere between 12 and 15 miles per day for six days. And then we'll have one final day, a seventh day in Santiago de Compostela. And I'm going to have to pace myself very carefully. Now, as I've said before, my husband is younger than I am and he works out. And I know he's going to do just fine. But um, this is going to be, have to be something that I'm going to have to train for. So I've already started doing incline work on a treadmill at the gym for, um, I'm approaching an hour now each time, and trying to get my stamina up and trying to get used to going uphill because a, a portion of it is going to be uphill. And 
as I go along through my training, I'm going to try to pace myself as best I can. I have printed out some maps of the area that we live in and what a 5-mile radius is, what a 10-mile radius is, and what a 15-mile radius is. And we're going to slowly start to build up working each week, trying to increase our distance that we do in a given day and see what it feels like to do 15 miles in one day. And then the next step after that would be for me to start working with a weighted backpack and getting used to doing outside hiking in that amount of distance with a backpack on my back so I can feel how that's going to balance as I walk. I truly can't remember a time when I've been as excited about a project as I am about this because I have just under two years to plan on this, get everything ready, get all my training done, work hard on my distance, work hard on getting used to the weights that I'll be carrying. Um, I expect that we're going to do some overnight hiking in the time that we have as we get ready for this. Um, it, it's going to be various challenges. And the benefit of doing this is not just the fact that I'm going to be doing this incredible experience at age 60, but also the fact that my body is just going to get better and better and better as I go along through this training process. So I'm super, super excited about that. And as I was sitting in the sauna and I was running all of this crap through my brain, I started thinking about all of you and about of doing a podcast. Now, one of the things I want to do is I want to keep a detailed training diary of how Paco and I train in these next uh, 22 months as we get ready for the trip. And then I'm going to also have another journal I'm going to carry with me and I'm going to be doing written by hand during the trip so that, I don't know, eventually maybe I will turn it into my own book or at least put it into a blog or something like that. But I really want to detail what's happening. And as I was thinking about all of you, I started wondering what maybe you folks have thought about doing in your lifetime. That for whatever reason, life has a way of creeping in and taking up our time and making the plans that we might have had when we, we were younger get pushed back and maybe eventually, unfortunately, given up on. But do you have to give up on it? Hmm, maybe not. Maybe whatever age you're at, whether you're listening to this in your 20s, I have some listeners in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, what can you still do? that you've always wanted to do. And as the podcasts go along these next 22 months as I train, I will be periodically talking about it. And in the fitness podcast, Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast, my other health podcast, I'm going to be detailing a lot about the training and what I run into and the obstacles and the ways that I overcome those obstacles, both from age and from illness or whatever I run into in these next 22 months as I get ready. So I would love for all of you to find what that thing is in your life that you always wanted to do, yet you thought you couldn't do, but you know what? You really can 
still do it? What could that be? Going back a number of years, one of the things I always wanted to do is I always wanted to go skydiving. And I did. I went skydiving back, oh God, 25 years ago at least. And it was something I got to check off. Yes, I got to do that. Um, in September, I'm going swimming with the manatees in, in Florida. I'm going to be able to swim right up against these huge animals and actually touch them and interact with them. Can't wait to do that. These, these things that just give you that extra charge in your life. The thing that will keep you young because you have something to look forward to. You have something to prepare for. Perhaps it's something that you need to train yourself to get ready for. And just having this extra reason to get out of the comfort zone of what you live in in your day-to-day -day schedule. To get out of that rut. To open your horizons. Thus, the name of this podcast, right? Expanding Horizons. And Expanding Horizons is listed as, in definition, to expand your horizons means to gain experiences and to learn about different cultures and ways of living. People often use this phrase to talk about visiting other countries, getting new jobs, or getting more education. So what can you do to expand your horizons? I want to know, and I want to hear from you. So please email me at the name of the show, an older gay guy show, at gmail.com. Think about it. Let it fester in your brain a little bit, kick it around, maybe talk to your husband, partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, maybe just a group of friends, maybe just by yourself. What kinds of things can you still do at whatever point you are in your life? What can you still do to make the experience of living be all that much better? more profound and have such meaning to you. Please let me know. Meanwhile, I will be back very soon with another podcast. Thanks for letting me substitute in number 19 again. And if you heard last week's, well, good for you. <laughs> um, I hope you kind of liked it. And uh, I don't know what the future will bring, but I'm going to tell you more interesting stories, at least, as we go along like I have through these other episodes. Meanwhile, until next time, this is Joey Hernandez. Thanks again for joining me. Please, five-star rating on iTunes. If you have iTunes, that would be awesome. And I will say hello to you if you give a comment even if it's a crappy comment, you know, I'm just going to say hi anyway and thanks for the words. I'll talk to you soon. Stay out of trouble. The summer's almost over, so enjoy every fucking minute that you can. This is Joey Hernandez. See yous. Mm -hmm.